What we know for sure is that FAMU search committee has submitted five candidates to the AD and president. However, there have been conflicting reports on who those five candidates are, and those different reports have completely different tones. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Make it Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off, does not mean that the journey is over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to make every moment more. And now new customers to FanDuel will get $150 back in bonus bets with a $5 bet win or lose. We wrap up today's episode with Norfolk State men's basketball head coach Robert Jones hitting a big-time milestone that we'll unpack at the end of the show where we kick it off with a two-part, the dual feature, the back-to-back FAMU's head coaching search because we know that five candidates have been submitted, but these two different reports have two completely different tones, and I'll expand on what that exactly means in this first segment before we create our own five. For fam, you now, I would love to know who your five is. Obviously, you can't tell me right now, but I would love to know who your five are. So, let me know in the comments, or if you're going to tweet me, let me know. But these are the two different lists, and I've seen two myself. Now, Offscript has dropped the list, and this is who he says that the fam you search committee has narrowed down to five candidates James Cozy, Billy Roll, Ryan Smith, Fred McNair, Joseph Henry. One of those does not look like the other. Let me say it again. James Cozy, Billy Roll, Ryan Smith, Fred McNair, Joseph Henry. One of those does not look like the other. Now let's look at this second list that I have before we talk about why one does not look the same. The second list, dramatically different. You have Cozy, Reggie Barlow, McNair, Van Malone, Tremaine Jackson. One of those does not look like the other. Let's go through them again. Cozy, Reggie Barlow, McNair, Van Malone, Tremaine Jackson. One of those doesn't look like the other. I was able to end each list with the same sentiment. One does not look like the other, right? You're probably tired of hearing it by this point. I said it four times. But here's the thing. In each situation, there's one outlier. In the first list, it's Fred McNair. He's the only guy who is not in-house. I know Billy Rowe. Technically is in-house because he retired, but we're going to count him as in-house because he pretty much is. Then you look at the second list. Cozy is the only person 
who's in-house. So you go from a nearly complete list of in-house candidates with one exception to a complete list of out-of-the-house candidates with one exception. These are drastically different tones. One says we're going to give the FAMU alum the what uh, the 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 options that they want because they don't know who the pick's going to be, but we're going to give them their way. The other one says we're going to give Tiffany Dawn Sykes her way. These are two completely different things. If I told you Cozy, Roll, Smith, Fred McNair, and then Joseph Henry, right? If I told you those four names, you would say, oh, yeah, that came from a FAMU alum. All four on the coaching staff, and then you have Fred McNair. If I told you Cozy, Reggie Barlow, Fred McNair, Van Malone, and Tremaine Jackson, you would say, so Cozy's the only person on this list who is not, who is actually in-house? Oh, yeah, this is Tiffany Don Sykes. Like, that. that's what this says. It almost reads, and I, I'll tell you the truth, I don't think either one is completely correct, but it almost reads as if the search committee went to one party and didn't go to the other one. However, because we have two different lists, you don't know which party they went to. I think it's really a melting pot. I think that it's in the middle. But I'll say this. If your team running back, you probably hope off script is right. If you're, I don't know if anybody's team don't run it back, right? I don't know if that exists. Is there anybody outside of Tiffany Dawn Sykes, if, you know? But is there anybody who is just anti-running it back? I don't know. But what I will say is that the truth about this list is likely somewhere in the middle. I don't believe that the committee would go in and have four to one. I think it's going to be three to four to one seems extremely dramatic. This is not the compromise that I envisioned when I said that the committee was the right call. The committee was the right call because it was supposed to bring a blend of both options. You had in-house, out-of-house. It was supposed to be, bring a good blend of both of those options and then put them in front of the decision makers. That's what it was supposed to be. Though, so I can keep some consistency. One thing I did say on yesterday or last week, whatever, whenever it was, um, because it wasn't yesterday, it was sometime last week. If off scripts list is correct and it's four nine or excuse me, four in-house candidates and Tiffany Don's like still picks the one who isn't. Okay, yeah, she she really wants to go out of the house. So I'll keep the consistency there, but I'm very skeptical that either one of these lists are completely correct. I believe it's actually a compilation of the two. So we have five, eight. We have eight new candidates. Let's narrow that down to five on who I believe the five are, or at least who I would pick as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we have our AFC Championship games set. You have Kansas City versus Baltimore, and you have Detroit versus San Francisco. These should be really big-time games, really fun games, and you have the ability to make some money on it. And if you're new to FanDuel while trying to make your money, then all you have to do is put down a $5 bet. And when you put down that $5 bet, you will then be rewarded with $150 back in bonus bets. Doesn't matter if you win, doesn't matter if you lose, doesn't matter anything. You put down the bet, you're new to FanDuel, now you got it. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and make every moment more. That's the place that you need to be. The extra winnings is just an, an extra bonus to reward you for starting up. But I'll tell you this, once you start, 
Ain't any stopping. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And remember, for your second listen, we are checking out Locked On Sports Today. We got to make make sure we check that out. First of its kind, 24-7, all day, every day. First of its kind on YouTube. Now, we've looked at the two lists. We've looked at the conflicting reports and why they're, they're too drastically different. They're too drastically different for me to buy in to either one one is all the way on the left one is all the way on the right and in my experience things are rarely all the way on the left or all the way on the right people are but things typically aren't so let's craft our five let's get in here and break down the five people who who i believe if i was the committee with these eight candidates these are the ones that i would submit you got to remember 45 people put their name into the into the uh, drawing batch They came up with five, and that's the precedent that has been set. Let's go ahead and start off with the easy two, Cozy and McNair. Of all the people on there, they're the only two to be on both the list. I don't think that that's a coincidence. I don't think that that's an accident, and I also don't believe that it's wrong. I can sit here and say that I think that, you know, one of those lists is more believable than the other, but both of those lists have McNair and Cozy. I don't think that's a sign of... I don't think that's a sign of priority, but I do believe that it's definitely a sign that they're in the running. It's not a sign that um, those are that's one and two. There we go. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that Cozy and McNair are necessarily one and two just because they're on the list. But I do think they're one through five. One of them. They're in that bunch. So let's go there. Then let's follow it up with what we're now predicting. Billy Roll. And I think it's important to remember, they're talking to everybody to complete this list. They're talking to A.D. Don Sy- Sykes. They're talking to uh, the FAMU alum. And the FAMU alum have been very vocal, very vocal about not only wanting Cozy, but then also wanting Rogue. They haven't shied away from that. They haven't stepped away and changed their opinion. That's who they want. When they speak continuity, those two men are the faces of continuity. So for me, I have to make sure Cozy is there because that's the one constant, right? And I still kind of feel like he's the front runner at this point. But you got to put Roll in there too. And they're equal. And to me, it's no harm, no foul if, if Roll doesn't get the job. Okay, whatever. He just goes back to his couch and enjoys retirement life. That that it's it's absolutely high reward, no risk. So I understand why you would put those two in there. And he's extremely tapped in into the area then you go Reggie Barlow I really like that but I think it's going to be difficult Reggie Barlow being one of the people that you want as a candidate is difficult because he has an XFL job that he just left an HBCU to do the only difference is he left Virginia State who is D2 FAMU is D1 so then the question becomes if you like Reggie Barlow Does he want to be in college on the D1 rank? He just left D2 
is going to the FCS, going up one subdivision enough to pull him away from the XFL because he's not going to do both. He chose to step away from Virginia State in order to do this. Is he going to step away from now being, and he's coming off of an XFL Coach of the Year campaign. Let's remember that. He's coming off of a very successful season, made it to the XFL championship. Is it enough to lure him away from there? I don't know, but I believe in shooting high. I believe in trying to get the best candidate that you could get. So let's go ahead and go with Reggie Barlow. And despite him being an XFL, technically a spring professional coach, right? He's a professional football coach for a spring league that is professional. Can you get him to come to the college ranks? That'll be the real conversation, and that'll be something to watch. And then to wrap it off or to wrap it up, this one was the most difficult for me because it was between this guy and Ryan Smith. But Ryan Smith didn't make the list, <clears throat> and I'll explain why after. But I decided to go with Tremaine Jackson. He's not at an HBCU, but he does have HBCU experience. He played at Texas Southern. He was a coach at Texas Southern, and he was a defensive coordinator at TSU as well in that same time frame after working up the ranks. And when he was there, TSU had a solid defense. When he was a defensive coordinator, they had a, one of the best defenses in the nation. I think it was number one as far as total yards go. Like, this is a person who could set the tone and continue. You know, I, I understand that this is not continuity per se, but I believe that you can continue a, along your defensive trajectory if you bring in Tremaine Jackson, because he's had that history. Did it at TSU. He had a big turnaround at Abilene Christian, right? Took them from being a bottom of the barrel defense to being top 25 in multiple statistics, right? Like this is a coach who has had defensive success everywhere that he's gone. This is a coach who, if you want to have success, if you want to be a good defense, you can bank on him doing that. He's done it at Valdosta State or Valdosta State as well. So this isn't something that I think is overly predictive. If nothing else, I would expect FAMU's defense to be good. Now, you may wonder, why didn't you put Ryan Smith? And I'll tell you what, it's simple, right? Because Smith has already turned down a job. It was reported that he was supposed to be leaving and then i seen uh, Gerald Thomas, great writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. You should give him a, a follow by the way, but he came out and had a, had a, a talk with Smith where he said he's not gone yet. Now the question becomes, is he staying because he wants to become the head coach or is he staying because if continuity happens, he wants to stay in FAMU. If it's the latter, this works. If it's not, then maybe I messed up a little bit, but the reason I took Smith out in hopes that he didn't want to stay just for continuity is I wanted to make sure I didn't step on too many toes. If you interview a bunch of guys within FAMU for this job, you don't think people are going to have their feelings hurt if they don't get the job? You don't think some people are going to step away if they don't get the job? In order to make sure I maintain the most continuity, if I go the continuity route, I'm going to interview a limited amount of people. I'm not going to interview Coach Henry. I'm not going to interview Coach Smith. I'm going to interview Roll and I'm going to interview Cozy because if Roll doesn't get the job, he can just go back to his couch and enjoy retirement if that's what he so pleases. But if Smith interviews, doesn't get the job, maybe he doesn't want to be there anymore. Maybe he was like, all right, I'm not the head coach. I'm just going to go somewhere else now. I think that's very realistic. And it's an outcome that I would like to attempt to avoid. 
So if I can avoid this outcome, I will. And my way, my route of avoiding it is saying I have two in-house candidates that I think strongly about. I'm not going to pick a bunch of people and put them against each other. I'm not going to do anything that could harbor resentment. That's what I'm trying to avoid. Now, if he wants to be the head coach, then maybe we have a conversation. Maybe we have a conversation. It's like, hey, look, if I'm not the coach, I'm going to leave. If he says he's he's going to leave if he's not the head coach, well, come on in. I'll probably replace Tremaine Jackson. Like, like that's probably what I would do. I don't know. Actually, I'm on the fence. So I'm just going to go with that. That's my five. And that's my reason for it because I wouldn't want to step on toes. Let me not say anything that's just kind of off, off the wall. I have Colsey, Fred McNair, because they've already been attached to the job in both lists. I don't even feel like they need to have a decision made about them. They're in. So that's my first two. Then you go with Reggie Barlow. Then you go Billy Roll. Then you go Terrain Jackson. This is not in any order, but that's my list. Colsey, McNair, Jackson, Roll, Barlow. That's my five. Hopefully, I can get yours as well. Now, as we push forward, we're going to move off of FAMU's coaching search and get to somebody who's been decorated, somebody who has accomplished a lot and just checked off another milestone this weekend, and that's Norfolk State men's basketball head coach Robert Jones, who just won his 200th game. Let's break that down as we continue with Locked On HBCU. That's a wrap of today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. And men's basketball head coach Robert Jones of Norfolk State just hit a major milestone in his coaching career. He just won his 200th game over the Howard Bison. Or excuse me. He just won his 200th game of his career, period. He won that game over the Howard Bison. It'd be insane if he was coaching long enough to win 200 games over Howard. That would be nuts. But that sentiment of longevity, funny enough, is one of the things that I feel is understated when it comes to moments like this. Because when you get a coach who has a lot of success and enough success to hit 200 wins, 300 wins, right? We just seen... uh. I believe it was the Stanford head coach, women's basketball. She is now the winningest head coach in NCAA history, men or women, right? Any subdivision. She's won the most games at this point. Um, When people see things like that, they say, wow, they're great, period. You see, look at all the success that they have. But I think one of the things that does get said, but is a tad bit understated, is the longevity required to accomplish these goals. You can't snap your fingers and win 200 games. And I'm not talking about how easy it is. Obviously, that's a difficult thing. Winning a game is difficult, right? Having a winning season is difficult. We understand that these things aren't easy. I don't mean that you can just you can't just snap your fingers and go out there and do it as if I'm saying that the difficulty of the task is high. That's not what I'm trying to say here. This takes so much time. You can't do it with a recruiting class. Right. You more than likely you won't do it with two. Like Coach Jones has been here for 11 years. This is his 11th season right now that he's going through and he hit 200 wins. This in no way is something that's easy to do in a short period of time. He actually, ironically, won his hundredth game against Howard at Howard. 
if if I was Norfolk State, I'd be petitioning to have the MEAC tournament in Howard because every time it's a big time game and I get to go out there to Washington, D.C., I'm coming up with it. Whether I need my coach to get number 100, if I need my coach to get another uh, number 200, maybe I need him to get champions, 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 right? Maybe I need that. Go ahead and get in in, uh, in Burr, right? I love that post that they posted. They said it wasn't enough Burr to put out this heat. I thought that was a dope caption. But, yeah, I just think the longevity of this type of thing gets understated frequently. So I wanted to highlight that. But, yes, this is a lot of success. 200 victories. This There's only one other coach who's done that in the MEAC right now. And that's Lavelle Moten, right? He's the only other coach. But when you look at them, Moten's been there since 2009. Um, Jones has been there since 2013 and you look at everybody else, they're 2019 and after these two gentlemen are the pillars of consistency within this conference. And you know, with Moten, it runs deeper than that with Moten. It runs to the core of the city. It runs to the core of him, right? So it's, it's a little bit different, but when you're looking at the pillar of consistency that Jones is, it comes from his ability to consistently win over and over and over and over. He's had one losing season in 11 years. In 11 years, he's had one losing season. He's had four 20-win seasons. And at 12 wins, we'll see if he can get another one of those 20 wins in this season here. This man has won multiple championships. Right. And I, I would say you don't get here by accident. Average coaches don't hit 200 wins at a school. It doesn't happen because at a point, your mediocrity, your average nature is going to jump out at a point that is going to happen. It's not the case with Jones. It's not the case with him. Um, how did this happen, though? It was kind of dramatic. It's one thing to win your 200th game, but I do think it's cool to win it in dramatic fashion. And they had to come back. They were down double digits in the second half. And they were down nine with five minutes left in the game. And, of course, you get Jamari Thomas, your star player who comes in and he knocks down the biggest uh, shots of the game at the end to give you the lead to win the game for you. It wasn't a buzzer beater. It wasn't a last-second shot. Howard was still able to get another shot up, but – when you have a star in Jamari Thomas, that's who he is. He's your lead guy. And in the moments you needed him, he popped up, and that's the reason why he's your lead guy. So congratulations to Coach Jones. Being able to make it to 200 is a milestone that requires a lot of success, a lot of longevity, a lot of commitment. And he has all three of those things. So congratulations to him. Number 200, we'll see if he can get 300, right? It took him, it took him six years to get 100 it took him five years to get to 200 we'll see maybe he can get to 300 but i appreciate you if he'll be here making 300 hopefully i'm here talking about it telling you about it <clears throat> but um i appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day make sure to follow me on twitter at south exclusive to keep up with the kid and until the next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed peace